This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. In uh, 2019, uh, pretty safe to say the blame game is alive and well. Uh, in fact, I think it has turned into an enormous, enormous industry. And that is not to say that there are no real victims. There very much are. Um, You know, every day around the world, we see people suffer unimaginable hardship. But these days, it's it's like everybody in the world, narcissists all over the world, social media, everyone is now presenting as a victim. Everyone's got this sad story. And instead of fixing one's own problem, the victim cult simply blames someone else. My next guest warns that this constant state of victimhood is not just dangerous, it destroys civilizations. His name is Mark Melke. He is the author of this new book, The Victim Cult, How Culture, the Culture of Blame Hurts Everyone and Wrecks Civilization. Hi there, Mark. Great to have you. Hello, Alex. Thanks for having me on. What prompted this particular book about the grievance industry for you? Well, I've done a lot of policy studies over the years on Aboriginal issues, and I noticed that some, and I emphasize uh, some and only some, First Nations leaders continue to look back to the past, and as a result, they never necessarily made the link to why some reserves, for example, in Canada have problems today. Mm-hmm. Um, and the simple answer to that is often it just has to do with location. If you're in the middle of nowhere, you're far from educational income opportunities. And that, as I go into some detail in the victim cult, explains a lot more than saying, look, looking back 100 years. Uh, plus, there's positive exceptions to what I just mentioned. I grew up near Kelowna, uh, very progressive uh, West Bank First Nation there in southern British Columbia, which made the most of its location. Um, and never really got into what I'd call the grievance narrative or a victim cult. So that's where it started. And then I started to ask around or mention to people I'm writing this book, and everybody said, well, I know someone who thinks like a victim. And, and sometimes they were victimized, sometimes they weren't. But the danger is people get stuck there. But multiply that by millions, mm-hmm. and then you get into what I talk about, wrecking entire civilizations. Okay, so let's step back a little bit of time, because we're in 2019 where everyone's got a way to uh, you know tell their story, and everyone will listen, and everyone will click and like and all the rest of it. But it has been around, and you give historical references uh, of this victimhood. And, and so go through some of that, if you will. Sure. For example, uh, go back to, to Roman times. I mean, you've got early, early pagans blaming Christians when the weather is bad and assuming that, you know, that this new kind of breakaway Jewish sect is the reason for the gods being angry at the ancient Romans, you know, with floods and fires and, and famines. Uh, so you see it back there. I start the introduction with, with uh, stories from that sort of uh, antiquity. Uh, from antiquity. Uh, you can go into, you know, a couple hundred years ago, uh, 200 years ago um, in Germany. Germans were victimized. They were victimized by the French who had occupied German lands in the south and the west. The Germans finally managed to get the French out, right? Napoleon falls, they get the French army out in the early 1800s. Germans, though, spend the next century and a half thinking of themselves as victims. And most people with any sense of history know, for example, that by the 1930s, Adolf Hitler and the Nazis blame everything on Jews, right? They, they think Germans are victims of Jews and, and many other uh, people and forces. What most people don't know is that this particular victim narrative in Germany started uh, really with the French leaving, with, with Germans, though, thinking for the next century and a half they were victims of everyone from, you know, people they didn't consider pure 
were Germans, so you might be uh, an English liberal, you might be the wrong religion. Uh, certainly if you were Jewish, you weren't considered a true German. And uh, Germans just kept blaming everyone and everything for problems, whether they were economic or social problems, all the way up until 1945, when, you know, coming up to Remembrance Day, this is perhaps uh, portends, um, you know, relevant rather, we, you know, the Allies, the British, the Canadians, the Americans, um, soldiers from India, managed to kick out the... Um, sorry, kick the victim psyche out of out of Germans, literally by having to beat them in a war. I have to think, though, I mean, look, they didn't have social media back in the day, or it would have been exacerbated, uh, you know, in tenfold. But, you know, moving forward into modern day, uh, where you have this kind of connectability around the world, um, you know, if there are only victims, everyone's a victim, then there actually are no victims. Well, and I think the problem today is that it can go viral much quicker, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you might read some philosophical books in the late 1700s if you're German, and you know maybe that takes a couple of decades to catch on, and that's exactly what happened. Today, you can be a quasi-victim, and you see it ramp up right away. So I tell a story in the victim cult of Yale in 2015 where there's a professor who sends around a note um, disagreeing with Yale administration and their lecture to students about the Halloween costumes they should or shouldn't wear. It was a perfectly sympathetic email email from this Yale professor who says to some students who, who don't like the email, the original email either from Yale, that look, I, I trust you as adults to dress the right way in Halloween. But this goes viral because a lot of people at Yale, or at least enough to march around the campus, think they're victims or potential victims of bad costumes. And so there's a thousand students demonstrating at Yale against this professor, Erica Christakis. She has to leave campus because she's, there are death threats against her. Um, and this happens because there's a sense Activity about cultural appropriation, right? Another, another claim of victimhood. Don't, don't appropriate my culture or uh, don't imitate it in any way because you might make me a victim in some way. So I go into that in, in the chapter um, where I also deal with Donald Trump. I mean, he's another victim. 2015, 2016, he's running for president. You may remember he, he constantly complains about unfairness, unfairness from TV hosts and, and interviewers and, and judges and immigrants. I mean, Donald Trump, a self-proclaimed billionaire, thinks he's a victim. So, yeah, it's pretty viral these days, and it travels pretty quickly, and that's, that's uh, concerning and in some cases dangerous. But it's led by those who are in charge, because everywhere you go, and look, we have safe spaces everywhere. Every university campus you go to is one giant safe space, and now we've got those in charge. And here in Toronto, you've got the mayor of Toronto, wanting to make sure that a controversial speaker who may not say things we all agree with, you know, we need a safe space at the library. I mean, we live in nonstop safe spaces, and I think it's gotten so toxic because everyone's always a victim, and no one ever has to actually... Take well, the that, yeah. that, you, you, you hit the nail on the, the, head, the nail on the head here. Um, that's exactly the problem, is that if everyone thinks they're a victim, then actually a couple of things happen. You actually overlook real victims in your midst. Um, you actually uh, kind of, I think, downplay unintentionally real victims in history. Right. Uh, my grandmother suffered terribly after the First World War. Uh, her family wanted to leave for Canada. They couldn't get out for 13 years because just as they're approaching Latvia, war breaks out in 1914. She isn't able to leave for three 13 years. She loses two sisters in that, that next 13 years. She never learns how to read. She comes to Canada. She marks an X on forms uh, forever after because she never uh, was able to go to school. She was a real victim. And we all know real victims. Mm-hmm. And there are real victims today uh, around the world and in Canada. Um, there's no shortage of those created daily. But the problem with making everything into some sort of claim of victimhood is it also turns people into 
they, they don't take any responsibility, and they actually think they have no choice. And, and I think that's actually quite paralyzing, and I think it's actually un, unfair to, you know, to oneself to think, I have no choices in my reaction, even when something is unfair. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really means we have no moral agency and someone else is always at fault, and that's, that's pretty uh, unfortunate because then we're just all automatons reacting to someone else's action and we have no moral choices of our own. Right, or you get the person who tells their, their, their victim, uh, their crime, whatever, and then you've got to outdo them. So if someone comes to you and tells you a really terrible story about their life, it, we've gotten into this chronic habit of, oh yeah, well you should see what happened to me. So you almost, you've got people trying to cancel right. each other out. But well, you know, ships. We, fight, we fly from responsibility, but it flies in the face of people in history who have been victimized, who have cho- right. chosen very differently. So one of the things they do in the victim cult at the end of the book is they look at the story of Asian Americans, Japanese and, and uh, Chinese Americans early on who were terribly, uh, terribly victimized uh, in reality because there was prejudice, there was institutional discrimination. Um, but they fought back against that discrimination. But they always, also always wanted to integrate. They also always uh, were, were entrepreneurial from the get-go. They educated their children. I mean, one of the inter- interesting things I, find, I found when I was researching the book, and it's in the book, is that by 1920 and 1930, Chinese Americans and Japanese Americans, their kids are graduating from high school and university at rates much higher than white Americans. And that's because there was a focus on that. But there were a number of strategies they employed, uh, despite being victimized really in the worst period of American history for Asian Americans, a very discriminatory period, the 1920s. Um, they managed to kind of carve out a life and fight back and actually make uh, the United States, and the same thing happened here, live up to her ideals. Um, they refused to be victims, actually, and that's kind of the positive a part of the book. Just quickly before I let you go, I mean, we're in the the year of 2019. Social media is not going away. Everyone's got a platform. You say that, you know, this victim, you know, this this um, grievance industry, it's going to continue and destroy society. So where do you see this going? Well, I think it has the potential to really... uh, you know, affect societies negatively. It doesn't mean every victim cult turns into a murderous, genocidal, uh, you know, phenomenon like it did in Nazi Germany and Rwanda with the Hutus, vis-a-vis the Tutsis in 1994, which I also write about. I think what it does is it erodes, as, as you've already mentioned, um, civilized society. So you can't debate anything without someone claiming to be a victim. Um, you can't actually investigate intellectually and reasonably any particular phenomenon. We've seen that with, uh, you know, the accusation that residential schools are responsible mm-hmm. for all the problems for First Nations. Uh, with due respect, no, they're not. There are, again, other, other reasons, other factors why some, and only some Aboriginals, don't succeed. Whereas, you know, you, you take someone, as I do in the book, who's a young person, ages 25 to 34, an Aboriginal background, put them in a city, give them a university degree, they're in exactly the same as every Everyone else. So it, it, the problem with being a victim all the time is you, you may make the wrong uh, link to, to why you are successful or not successful, and that would be a tragedy. Oh, wow. Sounds interesting, and I so appreciate you coming uh, on and explaining it to us. I appreciate that, Mark. Thank you. The book is The Victim Cult, How the Culture of Blame Hurts Everyone and Wrecks Civilization. You can pick this up at Indigo Chapters or Amazon. He's right. If everyone's a victim, no one's a victim.